I'm Stu Whiffin. And I'm Adam Richardson. And not only are we the editors of Pod Bible Magazine, we're also your hosts for the Pod Bible Podcast. The podcast podcast where podcasters talk to podcasters about podcasts and podcasting. It doesn't get more meta than that, right? Hello and welcome to the Pop Bible Podcast. I'm one half of today's presenting duo. I'm Stu Whiffin. Sitting next to me is... Adam Richardson. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here to uh, to tell everybody about what they missed last week if they didn't listen. So uh, I'm going to start with that today, if that's right with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Uh, they missed uh, the wonderful uh, Monty and Sadia from No Country for Young Women. Do you know what else they missed? Yeah, I do, because I listened, and okay. it was very, very good. I don't just <laughs> listen to the ones that I host. Uh, Rob Orton was on there. Uh, he was talking about a podcast he loves. He's got his own daily podcast full of stories and poems that he'll be back to talk about on another episode. And we also had Jim Campbell from the Football Ramble. That's uh, so a great lineup yet again. Um, but before we get into this week's guests, Stu. Big, big news, right? Big news. It's a big week. So uh, in 2019, we launched the Pop Bubble magazine. And we started off printing 5,000 uh, magazines and they were handed out outside train stations by, by Adam and me and Scroobius Pip. And over the year, we've, we've sort of upped the amount we've done and we've sort of spread it into to Brighton as well as London and Margate. Uh, and we're so excited to, to let you know that this Sunday sees the release of Issue 7 and it also sees the beginning of a um, relationship that we've set up with the Sunday Times. So Pop Bible will now be distributed 40,000 copies uh, across uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales yeah. uh, inside their, uh, their bundle of supplements. Yeah, so if you grab a Sunday Times on Sunday, this Sunday, there is a good chance that you will find a Pod Bible. Uh, if you don't, then you can always go to the website where it will be available to read digitally from Sunday as well, and you'll be able to order a physical issue if you want and stew. We don't hand them out anymore. Are you still happy to put them in the post for people? Absolutely. Good. Yeah, for the price of an envelope and a stamp, uh, we'll, 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 we'll stick one in a post box we for you. We can do that. Okay. So first up today, uh, I'm very pleased to say this, he's, uh, he's an absolute gentleman. Caught up with him again a couple of weeks ago to record some more Pop Bible bits, but uh, more news about that later on in the, uh, in the year. But uh, for now, over to our first guest, which is Jamie East. Welcome to the Pop Bible Podcast, and sitting opposite us today is Jamie East of Previously On. Yeah. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, very good. Good, good. I always, get, always find it terribly exciting. I mean, I've done loads of TV and loads of radio, but still the novelty of being on someone else's podcast mm. is brilliant because it's all the fun and none of the hassle. <laughs> I know that I've not got to sit there faffing around with a DSer at any point of the proceedings. <laughs> well, we've realised that uh, doing a podcast with podcasters is just the easiest as well, because you, you know what you're doing. Well, we don't talk over each other. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, firstly, tell us about your podcast. So, previously on, I mean, ridiculously, I only had the idea for it. I mean, it's, it feels like about 10 years ago, but it was realistically probably only about three months ago. Um, I've been punting an idea around for ages and ages and ages first for tv then for on-demand tv then for youtube and, and i had in my mind because i've because i've worked on so many spin-off shows like whether it be big brother westworld or game of thrones i've become this kind of de facto explainer so whenever you meet mm. someone whenever i meet someone and i explain to them you know i will do you tell you what do you do i do throne cast and they go oh my god throne cast i love game of thrones 
not got a clue. I get, I get confused between Tyrion or Tywin. I've got no idea what Brienne's up to. Where is Winterfell in relation to King's Landing? All that kind of stuff. So you find yourself at parties just going, you know, my wife will come, come up to me and like start eavesdropping a conversation. I'm like, well, actually, the prince who was promised, I think you'll find, you know, and then it's like, trust, he's doing it again. But there's very little recaps available. And if they are, they're either tagged onto the actual program. Mm. So you're too busy kind of like, I don't know, like a previously on is like, a you know, like whether it be like on X Factor, whereas last week on X Factor and Dermot would give you a quick 30 seconds on such and such. With those ones, you're settling in for the main event. You, you're not taking it in and, it, and they're, compl- they're attached to those. They're, Netflix do a really good kind of like textual kind of catch up in terms of kind of written. And you can occasionally get a few kind of previously on kind of trailer type stuff. Amazon Prime's really good, but there's actually nothing that's offline. So there's nothing for you to kind of take with you, especially with the uh, long running kind of very complicated kind of TV drama. And Thrones was the perfect example of that. You know, it was, it was coming up to the final season. It was at its peak in terms of interest, in terms of um, people wanting to catch up or, or, Oh no, I've not, I've not, I've not watched it. Have I got time? You know, that kind mm. of thing. So very, very quickly sat down, not just myself, I, I hired some very, very good writers because it decided within within a week to write, record, edit and publish 67 episodes of Previously On, which were basically last week on the Game of Thrones or on episode eight, season three, this mm. is what happened. No emotion, no real kind of opinion, just straightforward. Arya is here, Sansa is here, the Hound has done this, blah, 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 blah. Because that's what people want. They don't want, you know, there's plenty of podcasts out there, especially with Game of Thrones, where people are offering their two penneth on what they think the writing was like or the performances or, or why it's differing from the books. With this, I wanted a very straightforward uh, brand and service that, that, that basically helps people through these very complicated series. And also the idea being with a bit of foresight is that if Game of Thrones one is successful, which it, thankfully it has been, mm-hmm. I can then take that and use it for I, – I started to write a list and stopped at 100 of, wow. of, of all these kind of dramas that are out there that, that, that people have either given up on or stopped or got lost or got confused with. So there's a, there's plenty of stuff out there. Yeah. I've got an admission to make. Never I am not up to date. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen the first few episodes and I'm a, I'm a fan. I just haven't got around to it. Could I, in theory, listen to all of your back catalogue and yeah. uh, then watch this last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we've done, I mean, it's been really interesting watching, you know, because I, I do podcasts for other people, which is great, and enjoy that because because you get paid to do it. Uh, and it also allows you to kind of distance yourself slightly from, mm. from kind of analysing it too much and, and too heavily. So, but with previously on being my own kind of thing, it's been really interesting going into the insights and kind of seeing how people are are listening where they're listening you know mm. what platforms and all that kind of stuff and one thing we learned very quickly because every episode is tried to we try to contain it to be about five minutes long for each episode what we did was just for an experiment did whole seasons worth as well which are about 35 minutes long and people, right. people went crazy for that because yeah. it's, you can catch up very very quickly then you know so you can you can you can do three seasons in in an hour and a half which which people have really gone mad for yeah so, uh, in answer to your question, absolutely, okay, get, get on with it. That's what I'll be doing on the way home. <laughs> okay, so the concept of it—you said you've made a list of yeah. a hundred or so shows that you could potentially, potentially do. What would be the ideal ones? Well, I mean, luckily it started with Thrones, which is the ideal one because it is so complex, it is so detailed, and the fans and the viewers are so passionate. You've got your book fans on one side, you've got your TV fans on the other, and never the twain shall meet. So it's been really good starting off with that because mm-hmm. 
I don't think it will get any more difficult than that. And yeah. also, in terms of sheer volume, you know, trying to do 67 episodes turned around in, in a couple of weeks, that was a bit of a life lesson that I would not be trying to do again anytime <laughs> soon because it nearly broke me. Um, so Game of Thrones has been a really good one to do. But I'm really looking forward to doing The Sopranos. Nice. I'm looking forward to doing The Wire. I'm looking forward to doing Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there are all these ama- and the shield so so i'm using it as a kind of a a, a service but b also because i'm so passionate about these kind of shows to get people to go oh, i trust previously on as a brand you know we don't pick crap we don't talk about rubbish you know so if i say right when the next series of previously on we're going to do the shield which is one of the most underrated and unwatched TV series of all time, and it is unbelievable and extremely complicated as well in terms of, you know, you talk about foreshadowing or, or referencing kind of things that happened four series ago. The Shield is the daddy of all of those, so I can't wait to do things like that. And so it's, I'm, I'm using it to champion kind of shows as well. It's so weird that you say that. Everybody, I've not seen The Shield, but everybody I know that's seen The Shield says exactly what you've just said. It's yeah. so great and it's yeah, so yeah. underrated. It's because... It was marketed and kind of branded and the cast, it looked like a, a kind of crappy police drama. It mm. just looked like a kind of CSI mm. kind of thing, which I'm not, I'm, I'm not down with those kind of shows. They do nothing for me. You know, episodic ones do nothing for me. But The Shield is, honestly, it's just, I can't recommend it enough. It's up there with Breaking Bad and Sopranos and Thrones for me. It's brilliant. Right. And so this gives you an opportunity to go back and watch these yeah, shows Yeah, I mean, again. as a fan, it's just yeah. it's an absolute delight to go back and kind of... Because it's really good fun. You know, we, we try not to kind of like lean too heavily in the narrative and kind of go, and Daenerys did this. You might want to remember that for later. You know, <laughs> we, we try not to do that because it spoils the viewer's journey, even though it's really difficult. But what it does allow us to do is to focus on on, on storylines and stuff that actually have a bit of a greater meaning, that... that as a casual viewer of shows, which which it's aimed at, it's not aimed at people that that write the wikis for them or that or that kind of study them religiously. It's aimed at the casual viewer like yourselves and like mm. myself, who watch it as a on, on a base level. They enjoy the characters and stuff, and then if, when they've enjoyed it, they can then go back and look at the mythology or the kind of uh, or the reasoning behind the storylines. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, Game of Thrones is so in depth. But I guarantee you 85% of the people, that, of the 17 million people that watch Monday's episode, just kind of watch it. It's the, it's the one with dragons in. I enjoy that. I want to find out if Jon Snow wins or I want to find out if, if, if the dragon dies or, or what's yeah. it. Mm. They don't, they're not there going, hang on a minute, where was Azor Azar, the prince that was promomised back in season three, Beric Dondarrion insisted, you know, it's like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's not for those people. Yeah. Jamie, just to go back to something that you said about 67 episodes, was it? Yeah. In- at the time, it was 67, but now it's what, 70, 71. Recorded in how long? I did it in... I mean, luckily, I, I, because, of, because of my background's in music and, and engineering and kind of TV and editing and stuff, the best thing I ever did was to learn how to either create graphics, edit video, or edit audio. If you can do those three things, you're basically Rupert Murdoch. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's good for me. You know, that's that's the... I mean, without the money, or Jerry Hall, but yeah. you are basically Rupert Murdoch, because you can, you can be a self-contained unit. Yeah. So that was the most important thing I ever did. And so 
what it allowed me to do with previously was to decide to do it with the help of the writers, paid writers, uh, I hasten to add. Whilst they were busy beavering away on the scripts, it allowed me to come and do a deal with ACAST. It allowed me to find a sponsor. It allowed me to do the branding mm. along, along with, with the help of some guys. It allowed me to kind of create everything myself just in my own kind of little studio. I built a studio at home. So the writing was being done. I did all the voices, I did all the voiceovers myself, made all the templates sent it off to my mate who can do some audio editing between the two or three of us just just knocked it out because it's a very templated format it was very important to for it to be because a they were short and b they were templated so it was easy to kind of just kind of like it was a bit of a conveyor belt but it was great fun very rewarding was the format something that you put together alone or yeah. did you work with writers on the format no did it all myself i recorded basically it was one of those ones where because i pitched the idea before in very different formats I got so fed up and I was just like, well, sod it. I'm just going to record one. So I wrote the pilot, did it for season one, episode one, wrote it, scripted it, recorded it, did all the theme, you know, wrote, pretty much did the theme, wrote and sang the theme tune myself, did the graphics, created it as a fake play, and then presented it to Acast and uh, the sponsor Sky Atlantic and just said, this is what's happening. It's going to, I'm going to do this either with or without you mm. because it's now a product. It's, mm-hmm. I don't need anybody's help. So I'm going to publish it, whether it's with, you know, thankfully ACAST are the best anyway, said yes, please. But we're certainly with sponsors. I said, look, I'm doing this anyway. Uh, would you rather you sponsor it because it's your show or would you rather, I don't know, HMV sponsor it? Mm. You know, and they're like, well, maybe we should sponsor <laughs> it. So it's quite good like that. And presenting it as a complete product allowed me to turn it around really quickly. So within a week, it was a done thing and it was actually launching. We'd picked a launch date and it was just a case of just churning it all out. That's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, really I don't cool. recommend it. It was absolute hell on earth. <laughs> Logistically, <laughs> how many hours a day was you putting into that then? Um, I mean, the voiceovers took about took about six days at going at about eight hours a day. So if you if you get you get to about season three, you can hear my voice start to crack a bit and I had to take a day off, you know, because it was a bit kind of like... And also just trying to keep up the enthusiasm as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love the show more than anyone, but, it, you know, it got to kind of the sand snakes in season four and even I was kind of like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Fantastic. Which should just quickly touch on then. Obviously, uh, Game of Thrones coming to an end. How are you feeling about that? Uh, bittersweet, I think, as anybody who's... Who, I mean, obviously, I'm the tiniest cog in, in one of the biggest TV machines in the world. So, But, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have met a lot of the cast and the crew and the people that make the show. And they're all of a similar kind of feeling, I think, is that they're very much sad because mm. a employment and b is something that they've been involved in for a decade so you know the family that you kind of create around that mm. isn't it? just suddenly finishes like that i remember being on the on the plane back from belfast after the premiere sat next to samuel and kind of uh, yara and all the kind of cast were on the same plane and they turned around as it was taking off and realized that this was the last time th- that they were flying that they were leaving belfast as a as a member of the game of thrones crew so bittersweet but mm. i think also looking forward to to what's next you know it's been it's been fantastic for me uh it's kind of you know changed my career and, and it's been such such a good thing to be associated with them you know i'm looking forward to kind of seeing what else is out there yeah it sets the freelancer nervously <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with the podcast you mentioned the other shows that you're looking forward to doing have you yeah. got the next one lined up yes we kind of have but but it, it, it all did i mean it depends. I've got the next big one lined up. I'm right. hoping to do... I can tell you what it is. I'm hoping to do... I'm going to do Peaky Blinders oh. for when um, season five starts. Yeah. In, but that's, that's not until later on in the year. Right. So I'm going to try and slip in a few smaller ones in between. Because I think there's the, even things like Big Little Lies, which is coming back to Sky uh, soon, I think is, is worth doing. That's only one season. So that's literally a couple of days' work. So 
it's the beauty of it is that now that the, the template's there and people understand what the brand is about, that I can just start doing them as and when, and there's no pressure as to as to as to which ones I do next. Good stuff. Thank you so much to Jamie. Uh, some of you may have guessed that was recorded a little while ago now, back in the summer of 2019. And since then, he has gone on to review some of the shows that he mentioned in that chat. So he has done Big Little Lies. He's done Stranger Things. He's done Peaky Blinders. And he's just finished Watchmen. So there's loads to catch up on there. Loads of good stuff. So go and have a listen to Previously On. And he's got some other great stuff going on. And he will be back to tell us all about that. Shall we take a break, Adam? I think we need one. Okay. Okay, welcome back, and it's time for our first recommendation. Adam, who we got? We have returning guests and Pod Bible podcast favourites, legends, because they've appeared a number of times now. It's Russell and Robert from Talk Art, and they are going to talk about another podcast that they love. Uh, Shall we talk about How to Fail? Yes. Yeah. Well, I I started listening to How to Fail because Rob was kind of obsessed with Elizabeth Day and <laughs> How to Fail and you went into the Lily Allen one and you said that was really incredible and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I also- mean, that was her first guest, right? She, she opened with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which, uh, I mean, speaking, I guess, on what you were saying of having guests that then... In yeah. hindsight, become yeah. the biggest guest she you've was ever had. That's a huge run, yeah. It was, like, amazing. She was on the money. Yeah. And, I st- you know, the best thing about it is that there's... there's um. Like when I like speaking for myself, when I did table manners, there's such a, a candidness that comes from doing a podcast where you feel like more open and it's more accessible to talk. And I guess with a camera in your face, you feel differently. But with, when you just have a conversation around a table like we are now, you just feel it's more for this Rocky. You feel <laughs> you feel so much more freeing, you know. So when you listen you to feel these, feel as relaxed as, as, yeah. as, ro- as Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you want to you want to. You want to give something, you want to give something of yourself away more than you would yeah. if it was visual. And I feel like with How to Fail, she's absolutely just given this platform for these people to reveal the human side of them, which is how people, humans connect to each other, is just hearing other human stories. And it's yeah. it's a beautiful energy, yeah. you know, and it's it's bonding. It, yeah. it, it brings you in, doesn't it? And I, I also think um, if you look at the Lily Allen episode, Lily's the kind of person that's been vilified in media and also just hounded and all those things. And I know that people will, are like, well, that's what you sign up for and that maybe part of her personality is attention-seeking or all of that stuff, which is totally normal for a performer. But I do feel like she has been really, like, um, sort of, like, beaten down in a way. Yeah. But she always stands back up. Yeah. And that interview just made her so human and I really felt closer to her. And I just think it was a really needed thing because that album that came out when she did that interview is an amazing album and I feel like she was beginning to get ignored as a musician and it's ridiculous to say that someone who's 35 is no longer relevant to the pop music or do you know what I mean or any of that stuff I mean People are so ageist as well, and that just pisses me off. And I think Lily Allen is a great voice and should be supported. Mm. And thanks to, you know, Elizabeth Day is so intelligent. Yeah. You know, she's a really uh, established and effective journalist. And we need journalists like her now. You know, mm. people who yeah. are actually trying to do something better. It's not like you're just trying to get clickbait or you're mm. trying to do some trashy story in order to get viewing, you know, figures. Yeah. You can get viewing figures by being intelligent yeah. and by being trying to help society and help each other she's had like a million listens now to yeah. how to fail yeah. so that just proves but she's genuine have to be... as well and she's yes. nice and it doesn't feel like it's all a kind of device to bring her fame and attention no she's yeah. genuine it's, it's like she's facilitating goodness yeah, <laughs> do you exactly. know what i mean and like Sorry, she interviewed um, mo gaudat recently as well who yeah. was behind google um 
and he actually, his son had died. And I really recommend, I think it's series four, episode four, but everyone should listen to that episode because his idea, I mean, his son's died and then he's learnt a kind of um, equation for happiness. And that episode is so, so, so inspiring. And um, that's the point. It's not just celebrities like Lily or even Phoebe now who's a famous actress, but she's getting really great thinkers in. And and also there was that political um, writer for newspapers um, who went on, I think his name's John Crace, and he was a heroin addict in his younger years. And he speaks really openly about how he got over being a heroin addict and how he went through recovery and how his wife supported him. And, you know, these episodes are so important because mm. they're making us all talk to each other. And actually that is it's a job therapy, of podcasting, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Because like you said, when you don't have a camera on you, you, you will just talk. Yeah, I was more revealing in table manners than I've been in any interview I've ever done. I yeah. was really open about stuff, and I felt I felt safe. Yeah, and it can be edited, you know. Yeah, so I'm sure there was a few bits in that. I was like, can we just not can we not mention that? Actually? Yeah, and they're like, yeah, fine. But you have a gossip, you have a chat. And Whereas it just... there are so many journalists now. Where I think if you are a famous yeah. person and you do an interview, that's it. Yes, and then and then you say something, and then yeah. you realise, oh, I didn't really want that to go out because maybe I've said the wrong word. Because sometimes you don't mean what you're actually saying. You might have used the wrong word. Yeah. Like even in our Phila DiBarlo episode, I think she says the word really, but her voice sounds like she's saying rarely because she's got a kind of older English accent, like a kind of traditional, yeah. you know, Queen's English accent. And I noticed somebody today posted a quote from our podcast that said rarely, but actually it's really, you know, so sometimes you can say something that yeah. comes across wrong. And then I feel like... Well, you look the, at sarcasm, you say something sarcastic, yes, and if exactly. you write that down in print... Yeah, it, yeah, it, it comes like, out differently. But there are certain journalists yeah. who will then run with that and yeah. make that the headline of your article. Yeah, and that's not acceptable. I feel yeah. like there needs to be better quality. In yeah, that's what it is. It isn't journalism. It isn't like, you don't feel like you've been caught out or no. they're, wait, they're waiting for the clickbait line. Yeah, to bring you no, down. They're, they're, they're having a conversation. Yeah, and exactly. I, I, that's so great. I, I think you referred to how to fail as, as important and I think that's what the, the, the key is there is it's it's celebrating when things have gone wrong and yeah. in the kind of era of public shaming and yes. people being shot down for one mistake, the fact Outrage that someone culture, like Lily yeah. is on there going, here's something where, that I got wrong, here's yeah. something where I messed it up. Exactly. Yeah. And we're celebrating it and talking about it rather than this shame of, I could never talk about that because if people knew, then it'd yeah, be, yeah, it'd be yeah. they'd put me down or discredit me as said, take her or discredit her as, as, as a musician, as anything else because of mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, what a crazy, really what an amazing thing. idea to celebrate mistakes. Yeah. To make a show about how, because everyone makes failures and everyone fucks up, 100%. but you, everyone turns it around. Yeah. So it's that ability to recognise that. Yeah, again, connections. And, you know, in our Phila DiBarlo episode, I keep talking about this, but she um, was talking about this idea that if you wrote a book and then it doesn't get published, does that mean the book should never have been written? Or if you make a painting and you, you're not a big star yet, does that mean you shouldn't make that painting? Well, you make it for yourself. But, and yeah, but the point is, we, you, of course you have to make that book. Of course you have to do that because it's all part of human development. Creativity. And, you know, in my life, like if I was in a band, I made two albums, toured the world, did all this stuff. Okay, I wasn't as big as Lily Allen. I didn't get a top 10 chart hit in the UK. But, you know... I, I did well, but that doesn't mean that I failed. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's still valid to me, Relevant, to my yeah. experience, to the point that I've got to where I am today and I'm happy. And that's all that matters. And I, and I feel like, yeah, we need to sort of celebrate failure. Yeah, 100%. There you go. Thank you very much to Russell and Rob from Talk Art there. <sighs> They're good lads, aren't they? They are, yeah. I was a bit gutted I, uh, I missed out on that chat. Cause, yeah. uh, and we've had them on here a few times now, but they always speak so well mm. about, about the podcast they're into. And, of course, their podcast is very good as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, coming up now, we've got our second recommendation, and we are going to go over to hear from the lovely Jenny Falconer.
Right, Jenny, have you got a podcast you'd like to recommend to us? Well, actually, I would love to recommend Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. I just think it's so inspiring. I mean, you listen to her interview. She's her and one other person. Uh, she interviews someone who has maybe had a difficult experience or have, have done something remarkable. Mm. And it just is truly humbling and makes you realise that your life is pretty easy and their life is amazing and they've gone through something quite extraordinary which is why they are extraordinary people and it's a fascinating listen and actually you don't realize that you know 40 minutes has gone it's gone before you know it right and is that a podcast that was recommended to you or were you aware of Katie? Or? No, I've, I've been aware of Kate, Katie for quite a while and I know that she went on a tour. I don't know if it was necessarily linked to the podcast, but mm. um, I just know that she she talks well, but I had never listened to her podcast before. So I just gave it a try and I actually went back. I always seem to go back to kind of quite early episodes and start at the beginning, like <laughs> just in, in case that's what you have to do. And I listened to Brooke Kinsella's podcast with her for the first time and obviously Brooke is someone who has lost her who lost her brother due to knife crime and they talked about that and I think Brooke's an amazing woman anyway but Katie is just so warm and makes them feel at ease and actually brings out a really great side of them the interview is, is very strong and you learn you learn a lot and I just just listen to it is really inspiring she interviews some amazing people and they all have fascinating stories, whether it's like uh, Denise Fergus, James Bolger's mum. And then they have, uh, who else they got? They've got other people that have maybe been through accidents or they have been born um, maybe with, with, with one limb that's not there. And I just think that the way she gets the best out of them is by sharing her own experience, yeah. because obviously we know what she's been through. And, and then they open up and it's, fascinating, inspiring, and as I say, truly humbling. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Jenny. Thank you so much, Jenny, for yet another brilliant recommendation. Uh, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People is an extraordinary podcast, as uh, she was telling us. So, yeah, well worth adding to your library. And that's pretty much it for, for this week. Well, before we get into the uh, the outro part where we talk about the socials and, and, and the website and such, just just another reminder that um, the new issue is out this weekend and uh, go and grab a, a copy in the Sunday Times. If not, just head over to uh, the website and have a read. But we are also on all the social media platforms, Ed, aren't we? We are at PodBible. And as well as that, if you do go to the website, aside from reading the, the magazine online, we've got a blog over there. We've got so much more stuff over there. It's, uh, it's worth a visit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Lots of interesting articles, not just recommending podcasts and things, but just behind the scenes stuff, um, all sorts of good stuff. So, yeah, well worth a look. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and you don't have social media, you want to drop us an email, then it's info at podbiblemag.com. And finally... The bit that I've missed for the last few weeks. Cool. Pod Bible Podcast is delighted to be brought to you by Audible. Quite decent. Quite decent, yes. Bye-bye. Thank-, <laughs> Thank you.